Well, that's a great question. I'm the one who escaped. It sort of came and went in waves. Like there were periods of time when I thought, man, I'm so free. I can do anything I want. And then other times, why do I feel so stifled? Why do I feel this feeling that, you know, something's holding me back? I'm not sure what this is. And then, I, and then I'd feel another wave of confidence and freedom. And when I did find my voice, when that woman helped me, and you know, all of a sudden, like here I was speaking like a man, it was like this huge rebirth. Like it was the most incredible day of my life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I could sing. I could be a teacher. I could be a speaker. I could play in a piano bar and sing, you know, all these kinds of things. And it was, and I literally went out onto the streets of the city and I started walking into restaurants and saying, look, I would love to come and play the piano here and sing. And I, and I did that and people hired me and I started playing in piano bars. That's Bruce Langford. And I'm Brian Felchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Where you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Felchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day. And that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day Podcast. I'm really thankful and lucky and honored to have today's guest on, Bruce Langford. Bruce is someone I'm, uh, I'm truly blessed to call a friend. He had me on a show a while ago, and then kind of unrelated to that, we ended up getting joined up in this mastermind group, a uh, very small, intimate, funny mastermind group that Bruce was added into um, and got to know each other a lot better and really just clicked. He's he's just like the nicest guy. Um, and when you start to understand what he's all about, you understand why. So Bruce is a, a musical genius extraordinaire. Um, so he's, he was a music teacher. Um, he plays lots of different instruments. He sings. Um, but he has this side, I was gonna say this other side of himself, but it's not really other cause it does interrelate, but it's all about mindfulness and his show is called mindfulness mode. It's about that mindfulness and how you can use that to get through tough times, to get through anxiety, to get through stress, to be more grounded, and to move ahead. And uh, one of the key themes within that is the whole issue of bullying. That's, that's been so prevalent, um, really, <laughs> forever, but um, you know, has taken a much stronger tone lately because of some of the consequences of it. Uh, and so Bruce, in 2003, set out on a course of trying to help prevent bullying. Um, and he had this whole musical program that he talks about for bully prevention or bullying prevention uh, that he went around to different schools and, and was teaching. It was, it was awesome. Um, but he shares his story, and it's really interesting for a guy who is so about the outpouring of the sound within him. There is voice, there is music. This is someone who was actually stifled as a kid. Uh, his voice wouldn't change. He was very shy and withheld. And, and you'll hear that whole story of how he really came through. And as he says, literally and figuratively, he found his voice. So just absolutely beautiful human being. Great story. You're going to love this one. Uh, let's jump right in with Bruce Langford. Bruce Langford, thank you so much for joining me today. 
Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here, Brian. I'm, it's a real honor. Yeah, it's good to see you. And I mean, no one else gets to watch, but I get to watch you. It's uh, it's nice. For those who don't know, you have me on your show, but we were also part of a mastermind group for, I think you're probably in it for what, like eight months or something like that. Mm, Assuming we actually right. met regularly enough, we, we missed a few sessions, but um, it's nice to get back with you and, and reconnect. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be here, and uh, yeah, you've got an amazing story, and it's great to just have a chance to talk. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so I want to, you know, I said before we recorded, I don't know enough of your backstory. I know I know about the current you, but I don't really know what shaped that, and so I was saying to my wife, like, I don't know whether you technically fit the exact profile of, you know, the specifics, of, but I don't really care. Um, I love what you're doing today. I love how you're doing it. And there's so much value in that, that I think you're enough fit. Uh, and there's, there's a ton of value in there. So I, I definitely wanted to have you on either way, but I'm excited to learn what got you to where you're at either way. Yeah. Well, when I was a teenager, I was a very stressed out kid. I'm telling you, I was like, I can't picture so it, Bruce. stressed out. I was, had all this anxiety and, and I, I, I was very upset and angry and I didn't know why I had no idea why all this was happening. And as I got older and got into high school, it got even worse mm. and my voice didn't drop down and I had this very high squeaky little voice and I was afraid to say anything. And so in other words, I didn't have my voice, you wow. know, and I had this fear you know, of, of speaking and, and yet I wanted to speak. Yet I wanted to get my voice out there. I wanted to be heard, but I didn't know how to make that happen. And I asked people, you know, I said, like, what do you, what's the matter with my voice? You know, I went to the guidance counselor at school. What's, what, what's the matter with my voice? Why can't I talk like other kids my age, you know, or whatever? Because I had this very high little voice and they're like, oh, you know, there's nothing matter with you. Just that's the way you are. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, forget it. And yet I knew that there was something wrong. I knew it wasn't right. And so I, I looked for my voice in music. Mm. And so I wanted to learn how to play the piano and I wanted to do all this music. So I did that. But not and singing. Not singing. Ah, okay. No, not singing because I didn't have my voice. Yeah, and, yeah. A different, and then I, a different kind I of voice. To, yeah, exactly. A different kind of voice in the music. And I thought, well, if I could just do music for other people and help other people uh, kind of just help other people be who they're supposed to be through music. And then I looked for jobs because I needed money. And I thought, well, I want to do music. So the jobs I found were in churches, mm -hmm. doing music in churches. So all they're going to pay me to do this. OK, well, that'll be good. Then I found jobs in uh, piano bars and places like that. So you're not and, still a high school kid at this point. This is like but, into adulthood. Well, yeah. No, I was 16 when I got oh, my wow. first job as a music person in a church. And But the piano I, bars, I'm guessing, was slightly later? That was slightly yeah. later, but probably about... Well, what, what actually happened was I wanted to go to university so bad and I wanted to go to school. And, and yet I thought, well, what could I ever do? I couldn't mm. be a teacher. I couldn't do so many of these things I had thought of if I didn't have a voice. And so I went to college and I thought I'll take design. I'll study that. And then I okay. could be some kind of designer. But when I got there, I again went to a counselor. I went to the, the college doctor. 
And I said, can you help me? I, I don't know what's the matter with my voice. I can't, I can't use my voice. I can't speak properly. I don't sound right. And he says, I don't think there's anything the matter with your voice, but I'll, I'll recommend somebody. I'll send you to an ear, nose and throat person. Uh-huh. And so they did. And I walked into this woman's office and I said two words and she immediately said, I know exactly what's wrong with you. I can help you. Oh. I can help you through therapy. And I was like, wow. It was like, what? This is the first person in my life that's ever said they could help me. Yeah. That's ever even acknowledged there was anything wrong. And so she said, just come back and we'll do some therapy. And in no time at all, you'll have your, your voice, your, your proper voice. And she did. She, she understood exactly what was happening that through stress and anxiety, I was just speaking in this little tiny voice and she knew what to do. And so it was almost time for the semester to change at college. And she said, well, just when the semester changes, just go in and start speaking in your new low male voice. And I did. And at first people said, well, what's the matter with your voice or, you know, what's going on? And I just said, oh, you know, there was, I had an issue with my voice, you know, no big deal. And it didn't take any time at all until people just accepted me, you know, but it was a big deal in my own mind. That's yeah. For sure. All right. I, I got to roll you back a bit. So mm-hmm. what was this, was this an issue when you were a little kid or because you had a small voice, like had you always well, had a similar voice or it was more like after people started going through puberty and voices changed and you didn't catch up? That's exactly what it was. When, when, other kids went through puberty and their voices changed. Mine didn't. Yeah. My voice did not drop down the way it should have, the way it was supposed to. That was exactly it. And so then in high school, it was it was really horrible being in high school with this little tiny voice when I was supposed to be talking like more of a man. You yeah. know, my voice yeah. was supposed to be a low voice and it just didn't happen. So. What I'm curious about is if if a doctor spotted, you know, the, the sort of anxiety, stress-related, uh, almost prison that your voice was yeah. in. Yeah. What was going on initially that stopped it? Because you didn't you didn't have that fear, that anxiety, that stress around your voice yet. It was only after it became a problem. So something was constricting it to begin with. What, what was going? On? Were you already dealing with the anxiety back then? It just wasn't about your voice yet. Exactly. I would say that's true. I was dealing with anger at home, stress. You know, there was a lot of anger and stress in our home life. I would say that was definitely it. What was going on? Um, well, that's interesting. I think that's something that we could probably spend the whole interview on. But my my dad just died and that's actually taken me back a lot into those days of what was going on. Well, he was very angry and upset extremely to the point that my mom basically cried most of the time I was growing up as a kid. She was so anxious and stressed out and her hands were covered with psoriasis because she was so stressed about life. And, um, my, my parents were just trying to make ends meet and do the best they could. But Mm. for whatever reason, there was this massive amount of stress Mm. and, uh, I didn't know what it was all about. Yeah. You know, but you read it, you internalized it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Do you have, do you have a memory 
at some point in your early childhood where it wasn't that way? Or was it was this sort of the situation you were born into and this is what your household was as long as you remembered? Yeah, in my early years, I don't think I had as much. No, I think I was more a happy-go-lucky kid. I, you know, I liked music from the very early years and music was my outlet. But one of the things was that my, my parents had five boys. Wow. And they wanted a girl and they wanted a girl in the worst way. So they had the two, the first two boys. And then it's like, they really wanted a girl. And then they got me. Mm. And then my mom says, oh, well, he can, he can help me in the house. And my dad was a farmer. So the other two boys would be out helping him. And it would be kind of like, well, he's not a, he's, he's not a girl, but we'll, you know, we'll have him do all the girl stuff, you know, Mm. we'll have them all, you know, do all this kind of stuff. And also I got pneumonia when I was only a few months old and the doctor said, Oh, it was so bad. I almost died. And the doctor said, Oh, you can't take this kid outside. You can't take this, this child as a, as a young child, he can't go outside in Canadian winters and experiencing experience the same thing that your brothers can. You just got to keep them inside. And so maybe that played into it as well. So there's this fragility around Bruce in the household. Yes. And, and my mom would say to other, other people to her friends, it's on, Oh, Oh, Bruce, he's, he's mom's boy. You know, he helps me in the house and the other boys go out and help dad. And this was obviously something that was an issue, you know, that I didn't feel like that kind of a person. Uh. And the two younger brothers, were they more like the older ones then? And then my next brother was, my next youngest brother was born and my uh, parents were kind of like, oh, well, he will be the farmer. He will be the real farmer. And so they kind of embraced that in him. And then another son was born and it was kind of like, oh, you know, man, this is crazy. (laughs) And so then my parents decided to adopt a daughter. Okay. They adopt a girl. And then they, that was amazing how much, you know, she was just the, the sun and shine in our lives. And she was this bright, happy, smart little girl. And then they decided to adopt another one because they thought that the first one was going to be spoiled uh, with all these boys and this one girl and, and she'll be spoiled. So we better adopt another one. And, and they did. And so, you know, there were a lot of interesting aspects to this whole thing i'm curious if you now being one of seven yeah uh, and and sort of initially playing the role that had they had a daughter they may have you know put her into but it was you now they have daughters where does that leave you in the hierarchy of the family then are you have you sort of lost your place then well that's a great question i'm the one who escaped ah uh, that's how I see it. Like when I was 18, I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to escape. I've got to get out of here. I've got to find my own way, find my own place. Whereas my, my brothers kind of stayed around, you know, they, they start, they farmed and they had some of the farms that my dad had farmed with, you know, and then he kind of retired, but still helped out on the farm. Mm-hmm. And my brothers were into that. And one of my brothers was into being a mechanic and, uh, but they did things basically around that area and that location. Whereas I wanted, I was more interested in other kind of things, creativity and and different things. And so I was like, I just need to find my own way, you know? So I escaped. 
It, it's so I'm, I'm really stuck on uh, on the word voice and voice is something that we use as a metaphor for so many other things. You know, your, yes. your sense of self, your spirit, your, you know, I have to find my voice. And that doesn't usually mean literal voice. It means no, like, it you does. know, yeah, you're, you're, um, the, the way that you put out your personality in the world. And so you absolutely had that. And then the literal, you know, uh, manifestation in your actual voice. I think that is so, it, it it's, it's so profound and interesting. It almost sounds fake. You know, it's like, you yeah, can't make exactly. this stuff up. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. And when I did find my voice, when that woman helped me, you know, all of a sudden, like here I was speaking like a man, it was like this huge rebirth. Like it was the sure. most incredible day of my life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I could sing. I could be a teacher. I could be a speaker. I could play in a piano bar and sing, you know, all these kinds of things. And it was, and I literally went out onto the streets of the city and I started walking into restaurants and saying, look, I would love to come and play the piano here and sing. And I, yeah. and I did that and people hired me and yeah. I started playing in piano bars. You're, I'm sure you felt a strong confidence that came. It was like you unleashed who you actually yeah. wished you were and could be. And of course, you were you the whole time, but couldn't see right. it. That's right. Uh, did you feel, I mean, aside from the confidence, did you feel like you had really, you know, you were saying you were the one who had to get away, who had to escape. Did you feel like all of a sudden you got there? Or did you still feel some aspect of your childhood and, and not trapped, but held back in that way. Yeah. It sort of came and went in waves. Mm -hmm. Like there were periods of time when I thought, man, I'm so free. I can do anything I want. And then other times, why do I feel so stifled? Yeah. Why do I feel this feeling that, you know, something's holding me back? I'm not sure what this is. And then I, and then I'd feel another wave of confidence and freedom. Yeah. So, it, it's it's really neat for me to learn about this. Um, I'm sure it was very hard to go through all of it. So I hope that doesn't hurt. It's like, oh, it's neat. It's like, man, I was struggling. You're calling it neat. But no, no, it's interesting for me too yeah. to look back and because it's almost like looking back on someone else's life. Yeah, it must feel because it's such a transformation. Um, but you're, you're, what you do today is quite beautiful. Music's still a big part of your life. Um, your podcast, the, the first word, mindfulness and mindfulness mode, that's a big part of your life. Tell me about what you're doing these days. And, and the, I, I'm, now that I know more about the backstory, I think I understand more about the, the sense of self that I feel like is, is at such the heart of what you do today. Well, and people see me as this uh, mindfulness person, you know, this very calm, very yeah. relaxed person, which I'm not saying I'm not, you know, I am, but you know, uh, I became a music teacher after all of this happened. I thought this was the greatest thing in the world. And then, uh, but I was so dismayed when I saw so much bullying going on yes. and thought, you know, this should not be going on. This should not be happening. And I thought, well, I could create some kind of a musical program. And so I did, I created a musical program and I put it out there and said, you know, I could come to schools, I could do all this kind of thing. And I created an alter ego for myself because I thought, you know, when I go out to, to teach kids about bullying, 
it's not going to be just me standing up and saying, okay, kids, you know, you really shouldn't do this stuff, you know, like, and so I decided to be this crazy man, this DJ, this, this musical, uh, guy who is just completely silly and off the wall. And I was, so I was this DJ and I would jump around and carry on and I'd play it. I'd pick up my saxophone and I'd play a tune and then I'd sing a song and I'd grab some other instrument and be crazy on the piano. And, and the kids just thought this was the funniest thing, you know, and I had, I had a hat on backwards and I was just this, this guy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, we were coming to you live. Yeah, it yeah. was ATFM radio, and there I was in in the school, and it was it was real to the kids. And then after the show was over, they'd be like, "Oh, well, where's Benny DL? <laughs> you know, here's this calm guy getting everything all packed up." You know, but I hadn't. That was your persona, to... Benny DL. Yeah, that was my persona, and that was because of my son. And it was because of my son when he was born and he was like one and two. And I thought, geez, I never want my son to be bullied yeah. the way I see other kids at yeah. school. So when I created this persona, I thought, well, I'll use for my DJ name, my son's name, Benny David, Benjamin David Langford is his name. And I thought I'll be Benny DL. Yeah. And so I was this crazy man, but the more I did this and I did thousands and thousands of shows all over the place and presentations and keynote addresses and so on. I wasn't always doing it as Benny DL, but I was teaching about bullying and bullying prevention. And then I began to realize more and more that, uh, you know, if you can just teach the world, teach children, teach teachers what mindfulness is Mm. and help them to to find that and embrace even just a bit of it, then bullying will begin to dissipate. Bullying will become less a major issue. And it was true. And and I was surprised how many people didn't see the connection at first. But a lot of people didn't. But I still thought, well, I need to move more into mindfulness. And that's why I decided to start a mindfulness podcast where I could interview people from all over the world. And what I wanted to do more than anything was make the connection between science Mm -hmm. and mindfulness, science Mm -hmm. and spirituality and consciousness. You know, how does science connect with all this? And. I've achieved that because I just even just today, I just interviewed two people. One of them is Nick Jankel, who is this his book is Spiritual Atheist. And he's a scientist who has written this book all about spiritualism and consciousness and how that connects with science. So I'm so excited that through the podcast, I can I can connect with people like this. That's quite a title. Spiritual Atheist, isn't it? Yeah. Spiritual agnostic, I, I could have seen that, but atheist is like the opposite of it. That's going to be a really intriguing read. It is yeah. a fascinating read. Really cool. Um, I have to say, when you're talking about mindfulness and the connection to reducing the bullying epidemic, um, it's not something I would have thought of, but at the same time, it's blatantly obvious. I mean, mindfulness, if you really if you really apply it, it can reduce all of these sorts of, um, insecurity, uh, anxiety based, anger based approaches that we treat each other or ourselves with. Absolutely. It it never, it never really occurred to me as that. I, I always seen it as a way for maybe the, the person being bullied 
to handle the situation, but actually it can be quite a remedy for the person who is acting out. I mean, bullies at their heart, they're not coming from a place of strength and toughness. They're coming from quite the opposite of that. That is true. Yeah. That's why in every movie, the bully ends up crying at the end. Yeah. 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 The bully is suffering. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it's an interesting thing for me as a a parent, you know, I've, been in your shoes with that feeling about your kid um just this morning walking my son into school this other kid went in who had done something to him and you know my wife and i were riled up and i was like i could i could take him down right now and he's mm-hmm. 10 years old so I, of course i could take him down but it's you know it wasn't yeah. actually going to but but the conversation my wife and i had is like what's going on at home that leads him to behave that way that's right you know and, and that's something we've come to understand is People can be jerks, but no one's just that way. You know, there mm-hmm. there is a root cause for all of it. Yeah. Um, and some people just sort of blow it off. Boys will be boys. This is what kids do. You know, some people are just bullies. Well, yes, and there's a reason for it. There's always a, a root cause underlying these things. That's true. So you, I'm, I'm also trying to picture you doing this Benny DL personality <laughs> and wishing yeah. that you know, I could have seen it back when I was in school, had someone like that come around. Um, are you still doing that today? I, I still do it occasionally, not that much, but still there turn was your a point where I was backwards. doing it four times a week. Yeah. Wow. Um, and music's still such a huge part of your life. You're not yes, just, just doing mindfulness mode and sp- you speak on mindfulness and, and have right. guided meditations that you put out. Um, yes but you're still very much full-time in the, as, as is your whole family, right? Music is a big part of your lives. Yeah. Music is yes. And my son is a science guy, math and science, but he's all about drama and music too. Yeah. He loves being in the school band and doing all kinds of music too. So yeah, we have a lot of music going on in our family. Do you, do you think that's a coincidence or that there's a reason why those two things overlap so strongly for you? I don't think it's a coincidence. No, definitely not. I think that music and any kind of creativity is an outlet that we all need mm-hmm. and we all should embrace if at all possible. And and I think every single person can find a way to have creativity of some sort be part of their lives. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I'm I'm thinking as we're talking about the the ways that music is used specifically music, but also, you know, drawing, painting, whatever creativity, um, certainly writing, journaling, whatever you want to call it, uh, as a form of therapy. Yes. And I, I don't know about, you know, playing in a big band or something, maybe that's a different thing, but, um, doing something more intimate or, um, not solitary, but, you know, just about you and your music, you and your writing, you and your pictures, painting, whatever. It is very mindful. You really yes. stop and think about it. It brings you into this world where it's sort of like you're surrounded by that creativity space and not the ills that are all around you. That's right. Yes. It's interesting. Um, what, so what, take, talk to me about the, the guided meditations. What's, do, you, do you connect that back to the creativity side or is that like what, what kind of messages do you find resonate the most when you try to help people recenter? Yes, I do uh, find that connects with creativity. And and the thing is, the more I can relax and let go, the more I can notice that some of the words that come out and some of the direction that I give people in guided meditations is 
kind of profound. It's like, wow, where did that come from? You know, and this happens. Yeah. This does happen. We don't know why sometimes that some of the things come out of our mouths that do. But yeah, I find it it can be great therapy for me and can really help my clients as yeah. well. Bruce, do you do you still struggle with managing anxiety? Is that I mean, you know, even though you have all the tools and everything, is there ever really a point where it's just like, no, I'm past that, I'm fine? Or is this a, an ongoing thing that you do what you need to do to stay, you know, centered, balanced, and on top of it so it doesn't grab hold of your voice literally or figuratively? Right. I don't struggle with it, but I do make sure that these tools are a part of my life. In other words, I meditate every day and I, and I'm always aware. Now I'm aware of my emotions to the point where if I felt like I needed something to happen, I needed to use some of these tools. I would immediately do that. Mm -hmm. I would immediately think, okay, I need a little break here. I need to meditate. I need to breathe, do some deep breathing, you know? And so therefore I don't struggle with anxiety now. It's more of a proactive yes. staying on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Are there situations where you've caught yourself further along the path of maybe not struggling, but going like, you know, I'm, I'm curious with, you know, the recent passing of your father and maybe being home again or, or being around people who were part of that old, that, you know, that, that old version of you, if that is more triggering uh, and maybe makes you more, because you're mindful, more aware that, okay, I need to lean on my practices more right now. Definitely. Yes. That's, that's definitely true that I just have to do more deep breathing and, and, and mindfulness and just realize that, you know, things are the way they're supposed to be. And all I need to do is let go of any of these feelings that I'm supposed to be changing the world or I'm supposed to be, you know, a certain kind of a person, you know? Yeah. Well, you are changing the world. I, I, uh, I, I definitely was ignorant when I first um, got the yes from you about being on your show. And as I dug into the show more, my, my assistant was like, you should, you know, you should pitch me in on the show. And so I said, yeah, go for it. You know, send it off. And um, she pitched a lot of shows, so I didn't necessarily dig in too hard. And then once I looked, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is quite something. I, and then to have you join in the mastermind and to get to speak with you weekly, that was a pretty cool thing. Cause I was a bit in awe. I will admit, um, you definitely, you are like, whether you say it lightly or jokingly, you do have a pretty big impact on a large swath of the population. Um, I think it's just who you are. I don't really think you have a choice anymore. <laughs> You're just sort of on that path, right? Well, and I can say the same about you, Brian. I mean, you have, a, an incredible story Thank you. and and now you're doing even more with your do a day theme and your book and all the you know all that you do is quite incredible Thank as you well for that. means a lot coming from you um so where where can people get a hold of the things that you put out to impact the world to help people deal with what they're facing well, I did a book with Brian Tracy. I don't know if I told you that. I think I might have. And uh, it's called the. That was the part of what I, what I was wowed by when I was researching you. I was like, oh, well, that's a big deal. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Now I did a chapter and other people did chapters and it was, you know, where he had reached out to me about, hey, would you share your story here? And so I can make my book available to your listeners, a PDF version of it, if, oh, if wow. you like. And uh, you can just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash cracking because the book is called Cracking the Success Code. And uh, then you can download the PDF version of that book. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's got great stories in it and uh, wonderful people contributed to the book. And of course, I have great respect for Brian Tracy. I think he's amazing with what he's done in the world. Yeah, I mean, anyone named Brian, you know, right off the bat. <laughs> of course. Um, but I will say he's, he's with an eye. So yeah, he doesn't know the say, real struggle. Even if it is spelled yeah. differently, yeah. Misspelled name tags and having to get things reprinted because your name's spelled wrong. He doesn't know what right. that's all about. Uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, that's, that is a, he, he's got some amazing work. And so, yeah. you know, being a part of, of the train that he's charging ahead on, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So thank you for sharing that. And, and no, obviously mindfulnessmode.com. But the podcast, it's all, everything's mindfulness mode. So they can yes. find mindfulness mode on iTunes. If you look in the iTunes charts, it's always up there. So it's actually pretty easy to find. It's a very, very popular show for very good reason. Great interviews on there. Putting mine aside, <laughs> some really great guests on there. <laughs> that was a great interview too, it Brian. Bad. Yeah. It's exciting to talk to all these different people. Isn't it? I, I think it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing the interviews. I get, you know, I would say if, if, no one downloads the show. That's a shame, but I get a lot out of doing it. And so I keep doing it. Keep plugging ahead. Well, and your show is terrific. You interview some wonderful people and you have a terrific interview style. Thanks. Just me. <laughs> just who you are. Yeah. That's all we're supposed to be. Isn't no it? prep or structure or anything. It's just because I think every, every story needs to come out as it needs to come out. You know, yeah. it needs to be, um, it just needs to be organic with that mm -hmm. and um yeah so i i don't know if that's intentional or not that i don't have fixed questions or anything but um i like to let things follow the path that they're on as they are yeah you're very sure. similar yeah exactly yeah. i think i think a natural flowing conversation is very powerful and when you hear something that's too scripted it just mm -hmm. doesn't feel right does it yeah um I'm looking off for people who can't see the camera. I need to check my lines for what I say next. No. <laughs> we have no script, except, except in the closer. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Bruce, is there anything else that, that we're not hitting on that, uh, that you want to make sure that people take with them to go forward? Well, I think that I want people to really embrace the idea that having some form of meditation in your life is not only a wonderful addition, but it's, it's a necessity, mm. you know, and whether you embrace walking meditation or whether you, you know, every day you just sit down for 15 minutes to have a quiet time for yourself or whether you're a swimmer and that's your time or whatever it is, you know, I think that people don't take this seriously enough that it's, it's important to have that time of quiet, of solitude, where you are giving your mind a break from everything else in your day. Mm. And we, we underestimate how powerful this can be. 
So I just encourage you to look for a way to add a form of meditation to your life. Yeah, that is, um, that's great advice. And I, I can hear on behalf of other people, I can hear them saying, I'm too busy for that. Yes. And you gave some interesting guidance that it's not just about, you know, put aside everything and sit here silently for 10 minutes. That is, that is a way to do it. And it's a great way to do it, but you can also, um, multitask if you will with meditation but the key is what's going on in your head at the time it doesn't mean you can't you know get to where you're going and and have that walk or go for a swim or a run or, or whatever it might be but your mind needs to not be processing a million different things and have notifications going off and you know, don't go for your walk looking down at your phone the whole time that that doesn't count no it doesn't yeah, count it's kind sure. of it's, it's it's the opposite yeah um, very much so. Yeah, but this is the kind of thing where when you say you're too busy to do it, as cheesy as it sounds, you're too busy not to do it. You must. Yeah. You really have to find space for it. Actually, someone was just telling me, I, I did a book signing at a Barnes & Noble recently, and a guy came up to me and was telling me about this research study he was reading about where they tried all these different productivity, or actually it's a book, all these different productivity tips and the people who meditated for two hours a day which, you know, a lot of people cringe, like, I don't have two hours a day. They got the most done out of yeah. everybody. And it's I totally good, believe you know, it. Force, it clarifies your mind. It forces priorities because suddenly you need to make space for that two hours. So you better get rid of the, the noise in your day. Um, so that's a proof positive for anyone who's like, no, I don't have seven minutes to do a guided meditation. Come on. Yeah. You, that, yeah. Set that aside and try anyway. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, Bruce, thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. I, I love, My I love pleasure. getting to talk to you again and, um, really interesting backstory. And, and again, that the way voice is uh, a literal and figurative center point for what you went through. That is really, really interesting to me. Well, it is fascinating. And I, I was invited to speak at a conference in, in Atlanta. And when I was down there, I met this other speaker who had written a book called The Voice Code. And this was an extremely powerful and well-written book. And I did uh, get a chance to hear him speak a couple of times. And then when I called an Uber and I was just about to get into the Uber, I turned around and looked and there he was at the front desk. And I said, John, do you want to share an Uber? And he said, Oh, sure. And he jumped in the back seat with me and all the way to the airport, we talked, talked, yeah. talked, talked about the voice code and what that meant, finding your voice. And now I talk to him regularly. I'm sure. And uh, we help each other along the way. And yeah. it's pretty incredible. His name is John Marshall Roberts, and he's an amazing, amazing intellect. Uh, so that's really interesting the way that worked out. It's obviously yeah. you, you were meant to meet him and, and hear his message. Exactly. That I think that was a talk we were we had talked about connecting with because I was down in Atlanta then and you were tied in with the talk and I was stuck with stuff at work. So it didn't work out. Right. But I'm glad it didn't because I would have gotten in the way <laughs> of you connecting with John so much. Well, I hope we bump into each other, you know, sometime soon. Yeah. Brian. I'll have to come up to Canada. Yeah. There's nice people up there. So I keep finding. Uh, Bruce, thank you again for the time. Are you, uh, you ready to help me end things? Absolutely. All right. Today is a new day. Go out and meditate Ooh. however you do it. That's a good way to do it. I like that. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, you're welcome.
Isn't he the best? What a great guy. Um, he's so full of energy and life, and it just comes out. And uh, again, I think that's so amazing when you consider how it all started, where it wasn't coming out. Like That was his whole issue. Um, just a beautiful human being. And yeah, the mindfulness meditation is such a big part of why he is the way that he is and trying to help others um, with with those same tools. So definitely check out more about Bruce. You really should listen to Mindfulness Mode. It's a great show. Um, Bruce brings all of himself to that. It puts a lot into the show, not just the interviews, but the production and how he thinks about each of the shows and what the message is. So really worth listening to. Check out Mindfulness Mode. Uh, and you can do that pretty easily on the web at mindfulnessmode.com. And of course, I will link to that in the show notes if you haven't seen it already. And if you haven't seen information or news about my next book, it's coming out really soon. The 5075-100 Solution. Fix your tough relationships with this approach. It's pretty amazing how powerful and simple or simple and powerful it can be. So make sure you're on my mailing list. Just go to brianfelchuk.com or doadaybook.com and it should pop up. Uh, if it doesn't, um, I think there's even, there is a link right at the top, something about like get updates or get news or something to that effect. You'll see it. Uh, I probably should have seen exactly how it's said, um, but I think it's a little bit different on both sites, but it, it'll pop up. Um, and if you don't see that, if you go to the contact section, you can always ask like, hey, I want to find out about your next book. Put me on your mailing list. And of course, if you follow at Brian Falchuk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, I don't know what else is out there. I don't think I'm on anything else, uh, but follow me on those places, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I will certainly be announcing that, but it'll be out um, probably in late November, sometime in November. The book's done, so it's just putting together the launch. Uh, so yeah, can't wait to share that with everyone. All right, you're going to check out Mindfulness Mode. You're going to make sure you're signed up for the 50, 75, 100 solution announcements. And of course, you're going to go to iTunes and rate the show if you liked it. And subscribe if you haven't. And the best thing you can do overall is tell someone else about it. You know, not only does it help the show grow, but more importantly, maybe it helps someone else grow. Helps them with their life, things they're struggling with, as I hope it's helping you. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of the Do A Day podcast. Go out and do it, my friends.